They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. Brant, I'd like to dedicate a song to you. Huh? What a wicked game to play. Uh, to make me feel this way. It's getting weird. What a wicked thing to do. To let me dream of you. What? What a wicked thing to say. I didn't say anything. You never felt this way. You put words in my mouth. What a wicked thing to do. Good lord. To make me dream of you and I don't want to fall in love. Well, good luck. I'm delicious. No. Good God. I Again. You can be many of those With that... You. No, listen. You can be many of those what that happened? have tried and failed. I just... I just... I love You're, you, man. I love you. Okay, well, thanks for making it weird. <laughs> that was very weird. Yeah, extremely weird. Well, welcome, everybody, uh, to the show that makes you uncomfortable. Extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> I poured my heart out, and I got stomped on. <laughs> well, sometimes you need to have that for life lessons, Jim. Uh, we are the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice. It's thoughts that rock. You know who we are. We're going to squeeze in what we are going to squeeze in like spanks into about half an hour. Yes. I'm currently wearing spanks. Are you? Hey, buddy. I haven't seen you in a while. I know, man. We've been both of us on the road, traveling different different places, yeah, talking I, to different groups. I was actually, um, I was just thinking about this, too. I was going down south on the uh, Florida Turnpike, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they just opened up the huge, massive guitar hotel, the I, Hard Rock, down I in Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought this would be interesting to let our audience know. I think a lot of people don't realize that Hard Rock is owned by the Seminole Tribe of Florida. That's and right. so... You know, the Seminole Tribe has been opening up a lot of Hard Rock Hotel and casinos and a few cafes in some other countries as well. But that guitar is now like the largest guitar on the planet. It's crazy. You can see it like three miles away. I know. It is. It's one of those. I was down speaking in Hollywood, Florida a few months ago, and they were still, they hadn't quite opened yet. But um, you can't not see the giant guitar in the sky if you are anywhere in the vicinity of Hollywood, Florida, because it's just a monstrosity. And the, the neon lights and the sound in the show and the i mean it's like a cirque du soleil thing that happens every night that they uh that they do right yeah exactly yeah there's i'm sure there's going to be some accents at some point there on the turnpike <laughs> from people trying to take pictures it's one thing. step above the the hooters billboards remember those made you look <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about oh yeah right Jim, you have one hanging right here on the side of your office. <laughs> so Thoughts at Rock help support Cannibal Kids Cancer. I think most people probably know that by now. Uh, you know, these guys are fantastic. They are always looking for finding treatment options for kids that have basically been told that they've run out of options. If you're interested in helping out or just seeing what they do, we love CKC. You can check them out at CannibalKidsCancer.org. Hey, listen, we know how busy you are. Life is coming at you at about 100 miles an hour and grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that could amp up your life. 
they're super hard to come by, right? Keep your hands off my nuggets, Jim. <laughs> yes, yes. Honestly, it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. You could be, uh, let's say, planting organic tomatoes or sitting by a reflecting pool in a rehab center. Or maybe you're stretching before your pickleball game. It doesn't really matter. We're just about to give you the 30 minutes that you've been looking forward to all week. Brant, yeah. let's do this. Let's rock. Rock on. Our guest today is David Bailey. He is the president of Southern States Material Handling, which is a Toyota Industries company that provides material handling solutions to its customers. So right off the bat, David, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Oh, thanks so much, Jim. I'm so excited to be uh, be on your show. Yeah, we're we're excited that you're here. I know that we've uh, we've spent some time in the last year getting to know each other, and and obviously for anybody that are listening on the show, if if they're interested in getting your full bio, we'll have that available in the show notes. Uh, but I did want to just point out a couple quick snapshots about your life because I find it interesting. First off, I know with Southern States, your company has about 300 or so associates, and you're mostly in the southeast of uh of the u.s in georgia and florida predominantly and uh, you've got nine locations but before that you know before this this seven eight year stint that you've had with toyota um you had spent 22 years as an army officer leading aviation groups and piloting scout helicopters i think that's so cool that's great cool I love that. Yeah. And and the also during this time, I think in the Middle East, and David can correct us, that's where you received two bronze stars. So number one, thanks a lot for your service, brother. Oh, it's been it's been my pleasure. And it was a you know, it was an exciting time and, and a definitely a, a time where you can look back on too that that um you know definitely shaped me and definitely shaped a lot of my leadership skills. Yeah. And I know that's that's probably where your thought came from, which we'll share in just a moment. But, Brian, I met David uh, just last year, 2018, when I was facilitating a session for his key leaders and been very lucky to, to do a couple of those since. Um, and, and, David, I have to say you've created a phenomenal culture. And, and I've shared this with you and your team in, in the past. Sometimes I get hired to maybe come in to help fix or amp up or get back on the track you know, I, I find it really refreshing when you get in front of a group that already has an awesome culture. And what you're trying to do is just make sure that you perpetuate it, that it doesn't go off the rail. So I've just been really excited to watch your brand's journey and, and really to call you friend. Um, maybe for those that don't knew, know, can you explain specifically what the company does? It's a mouthful when I say the whole brand, but what exactly is the company? Right. And so, you know, in the in material handling space, so anything you see on the shelves at a store, right, it had to get from a factory to that store. And so we basically help in that logistics anywhere from moving a product through a factory or moving a product, you know, after it gets from the factory, it's loaded onto an 18 wheeler by mm -hmm. material handling equipment. You know, then it's brought to a distribution center where it might be unloaded, processed into a racking system or a conveyor system. And then it's then it's broken down into smaller parts, and then you know sent to the stores. And so we kind of fill those gaps with equipment and storage, and we service and support that equipment through its life cycle. You know, at our customers' location. And that so equipment, like a car dealership, but for equipment. Gotcha, gotcha. And and from what I saw, I mean, a lot of, when you're saying the material handling equipment, like a forklift, would be the type of equipment you would use or service. 
Right. So, so forklifts is a big part of it, and and also the racking system. You know, the automation pieces. Some of the things that you see or hear about, like on Amazon type of uh, a warehouse environment. So we're able to provide racking, um, automated systems to sort and process and, and help with that with that same day kind of delivery concepts at a, at a lot of our customer locations. That's great. And and again, I'm, here's here's something that most people wouldn't be knowledgeable about and yet I can point to it only cuz I've spent some time with you cuz your your business is a little bit more behind the scenes and yet you have the same type of phenomenal culture that we would think of if we were talking about Starbucks or Southwest Airlines or whoever. And I've just, I I think you've done a phenomenal job in leading that group. So first off, kudos for, for all of that. And and I know David, you, you shared with us before the the discussion today, you already know a little bit about our podcast. You've listened to it and and thank you for doing that. I, I think, you know, versus that traditional interview style that a lot of podcasts do, we, we tend to jump right in and you know, get to the point so we can give these uh, these little nuggets of advice to our, our fans and our followers. So we're going to leave the floor open to you. What, what, David, is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. Well, Jim, when, when I was early in the military, you know, you, you meet one of those mentors. And, and my mentor, I was, I was enlisted when I started, and my platoon sergeant was a gentleman named Joe Newton. Joe Newton. And for the, the three years... Three years I was underneath him. I went from, uh, you know, entry level basically to, to sergeant or kind of, you know, junior management. And his biggest advice to me was, hey, you have to connect, you know, with your people, and then and then connect them to other people, you know, to accomplish your mission. Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely, and and most of that would apply to almost any roles where, you know, when you have an engaged group you know, of employees or associates, you know, their product and um, their success rate is going to be so much higher, right, than, than obviously disengaged folks doing the same exact job, you know, for the same exact uh, payer roles or outlines. So you're not just saying, so, I think a lot of people that would say connect with your people, your, your step further is the, the second part is just as critical. Connect with your people, but then connect them to each other. Right. And, and and what what I find is that a, a lot of people they haven't they haven't been through a lot of leadership training. And most organizations and most small businesses, you know, they either can't afford to send a lot of people to training, or they just haven't done it out of out of lack of knowledge of what the benefits are. And right. so I find myself helping to coach other associates on how to how to connect with each other and just past you know their job interactions, right? Mm-hmm. And so becoming where they understand the roles that some of their peers are doing that are different. Yeah. And so I think those are, those are key pieces and they're, they're able to help each other because they understand, you know, what the other's job is like, what other stressors they're under, and they're able to have a better working relationship. Well, I would imagine this has got to harken back to, to your military training, right? I mean, it's, it's one thing for, you know, the, the leader, uh, of the platoon or, or whatever branch you're in, if, if they are the connecting with their people, that's great. But if they're not actually connecting with each other so that every soldier is connected uh, to the next, then you're only going to be as strong as that weakest link. Right. Yep. And so yep. it's so important to not just connect with your people as the leader, but make sure that everyone's connected together so that you can benefit from the strength of the group. Right. Right. And it's, it's such a team environment from, from the guys that maintain the aircraft to the guys that refuel the aircraft 
to the guys that kept track of the ammunition, to the to the air traffic control guys, the weather guys, right? You had to you had to have everybody come together, you know, to accomplish that mission. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't hey the pilot can just jump in and and take care of everything, right? He was completely, even though I might have been the higher ranking person, I was completely dependent upon everybody to include the lowest ranking person, you know, to trust them to execute their job, so that the team can 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 win or accomplish their mission even in training and then when you came out of the military you've got all that 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 stuff that's resonated with you over two decades did you immediately implement that leadership that that mentality into your current role because i would assume it applies that that's maybe where you started talking about it or did you have to sit back and think about it like at what point did you go this is how i'm gonna act if i in fact have people working for me yeah, and, and and although it, it, you would think on the surface, hey, this is pretty pretty much different stuff, right? The the military versus material handling, but at the end of the day, when it's when it's you know connecting people to each other, you know, we started it out from day one, and I kind of made my own onboarding plan, and what my plan was was, hey, I want to ride with with every one of our field technicians and with every one of our our field consultants, you know, the the people that are helping deliver the the solutions. And you, you learn so much from them. And then I, everybody I hired after me, I put them on that same training plan. Where, mm-hmm. hey, no matter what job you're going to do here at Southern States Total Lift, you are going to spend a day with a technician in the field because they have such a unique job. You know, um, um, when you take your car in to get serviced, right, you're, you interact with somebody, and then the car goes back, the mechanic does his thing, the car comes out, right, and then you interact with the service guy at the desk. Well, in in our world, the technician, right, he meets with the customer, diagnoses what's wrong or does a service, has to go back and meet the customer again, and it's not in an in an air conditioned shop all the time. Right. It might be in a lumber yard in Florida in ninety eight degrees. Right. Right. And so so when he calls back into the shop, you know, our our service coordinators, they've been with him at the lumber yard at ninety five degrees. Yeah. They know what it's like when the customer is stressed because his forklift is down and the truck needs to get loaded so they can haul building material out to a house building site. So there's a lot of stressors there that if you didn't experience that, you know, with the technician, you wouldn't understand what kind of stress he's in right. and how urgent it is for you to help him solve his problems. Well, and even with that training program that you put in, I mean, that that is a great, I wouldn't say a catch-all, but it's certainly one element to help help them connect with each other and ultimately with the customer. I, I think you had shared with me before that you've also implemented a checklist to make sure that this occurs with your direct reports, right? H- how does that work? Yeah, so so kind of the managers, you know, that are underneath me, the the, the more senior ones. So every week I have a, a, a separate list of topics that we, we talk about some of the, the the financial metrics, but then we get into, hey, this is the behavior that associates need to exhibit, and that behavior then drives, you know, the results, right, that, that, that gets good customer experiences and also, you know, in turn provides the financial performance metrics that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so very rarely do we, you know, I, I hardly ever come out and say, hey, you know, here's financial metrics. We're not doing a good job, right? right. We, we now have the managers where they dig into, hey, those are just indicators of where we're not engaged or where we don't have the the the, the right behavior, you know, on the on the on the front end, right? And then we get to those leading indicators, 
and then the, the financials just kind of happen. Yeah. And it's and it's worked out really great this last year. There's about 65 dealerships, and our dealership was in the top seven, and we were, we yep. were uh, recipient of the President's Award. So that was a, Congratulations. a fantastic honor for our associates. Great validation. Well, I think that comes from what you just talked about, right? So one of the... You know, one of the things that I talk about all the time uh, from the stage is this this idea that, uh, you know, we don't control outcomes. We can only control the deliberate intention that goes into making the decision, and then the outcome is out of our hand. And so you've come to recognize that, which is, I have to tell you, is, is a rarity these days, yep. um, because it's in that deliberative intention that happens to make the decision that you truly find your real rock star employees and the ones that are worthy of promoting and the ones that are going to carry the culture flag that you want. Um, and sometimes, oftentimes what we see is companies just promoting people based solely on outcomes. And the truth is I've met a lot of people with some fantastic outcomes that are just not good human beings. <laughs> I mean, they're just, right. they're just jerks or they're complete a-holes or, or, you know, it's just one of these scenarios where yes, the results are there, but man, the methods to get them are so awful that that's not who you want driving your company culture. Um, but, but by understanding that it really just tied to the behavior more than the outcome. So if they're exhibiting all the right behavior, that's who you want to be out front. That's the brand representative right. that you want. That's that culture catalyst that Jim calls in his book that that's really going to drive those people forward. And the two dynamics is, you know, is that you're, you're you know, you want to focus on the, the long game, right? The, Hey, how am I going to be doing years from now? And who do I want the best people? And in this tight labor market, you know, it, it's so easy for someone to say, "Ah, oh, you know what? I'm done with this job." Yeah. This other company, yeah. they're waiting on people to show up, and so to to be able to retain the best talent, you know, you have to have them engaged, connected with each other, so they feel that sense of team. So, hey, I'm not going to abandon my team, right? I'm going to stick with them, and um, and and that helps, you know, the the long term. And so we we practice a lot of the listening skills where. You know, we, we, we listen to the associates, we use their ideas, we get them involved in, in helping with the ideas and even assigning them projects where they're the leader. They yeah. might be the frontline associate, but for this project, they're the leader and the managers report to them for this project. And so that that empowerment really makes them connected and then they're in charge of that group or team or project where where they've, they've got a new appreciation for, for what other people in the company do. So, so Brant, last time I was with David, uh, he had shared with me that, you know, some, some of the work that they had been doing over the last couple of months had really started to, to shine forth, you know, specifically in who they were recruiting, certainly to your point, David, in this thought about, you know, engagement, you know, that connecting with your people, connecting them to each other, got them to stick around a little bit longer. And, you know, you're winning awards and getting recognized, not just for who you're hiring, but you know, the turnover, you know, getting people to stay with you longer and how important that is. Cause we know there's a direct correlation between turnover and sales, right? And there's a direct correlation when you're driving sales, if you're doing your job right, that you can flow all that down to the bottom line. So, you know, I look at all the things you're doing from a leadership standpoint and, uh, you know, it reminds me, I have a, a good friend of mine who's got a pizza business. It's outside of Chicago. It's called Nick's Pizza and Pub. And Brant, we've, we've talked about him before on the show. Th this guy, Nick Cirillo, he's awesome for all of his employees. So it doesn't even just his direct reports. It's every staff level hourly employee. He's teaching them 
open book finance. They, they get to see all of the numbers. He's teaching them leadership skills. He's doing um, a, a certification program that if you want to get promoted, these are the things you do. Everybody's pay is known throughout the whole group. And I love, you know, some, some pretty innovative things, but in, in, in really relating to your thought, the one thing I thought was the coolest thing is he's got this self-managed job duty plan, you know, where there's some wall mounted color carded information, all, all of these cards, they, they've got these task lists that are on there with all of the opening and closing and running duties that you would think about in a pizza place. But they, the, the, the employees, the peers themselves, they run all of that. There's never a boss that says, you've got to do these before you leave. There is pure and true peer-to-peer accountability. And I think when, when you have that type of accountability for all the positions, it goes right back to you saying you connect them to each other. Yeah, he's maybe forced it to happen, but he's got some of the lowest turnover in in uh, the pizza business and, and the great culture, which also includes high morale and low turnover, engaged workforce. You know, he hardly ever hires anybody from the outside. He's doing a bunch of internal promotion. So to me, when I heard your thought for the first time, I was thinking, here's a real world example of a pretty high volume pizza place who's getting all the way down to every line level. And to your point, it's making a difference. I mean, he's posting some pretty good results. And I know that you're seeing that at Southern States. Right, right. You know, we're one of the uh, one of the top dealers, you know, even on on a metric like operating profit, you know, yeah. there, so we're, you know, we have you know, 65 peers and Toyota owns, you know, several, several of them. And we're able to produce, you know, better results in the same, you know, the same environment with the same equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is perfect. It's a great transition because uh, hopefully we've got a great uh, complimentary and corresponding thought to yours. And, and Brant, this is pretty close and near to dear to your heart because you deal with that all the time. What is our thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock number two. Well, our thought that rocks this week comes from one of our best friends, Alan Schaefer, the founder and CEO of Banding People Together. And the thought is this, working together without alignment is cooperation, not collaboration. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we talk about all the time, David, um, is that we've met a lot of companies who are really good at cooperating. And uh, the the example that we give all the time is anyone who has ever seen an episode of Law and Order uh, knows that that opening scene after we hear that gong gong right, and when that happens, uh, typically one of the first scenes they're down at the police station. They have got somebody in custody. They are in a room. There's a light shining in their face. And and one of the first things that are said is, "We would appreciate your full." And it's cooperation. (laughs) What they don't say is we would appreciate your full collaboration. And the reason is because they don't care what you want. All they care about is accomplishing what they want. And when only one person accomplishes what they want, that's cooperation. In order to have collaboration, you have to have a shared goal. Mm -hmm. And this is why I think it's so important after coming back uh, to take a look at your thought, which it's not just about connecting with your people. Because that would present a a, a predicament for you where if it's just you connecting with the people and they're not aligned with each other, then only you 
are accomplishing what you want, but they might not be accomplishing what they want. And so you have to connect them to each other. And through that alignment, you can have incredible collaboration within an organization. And it would seem to me from the results that you've been able to produce that you understand this intimately. And it's probably one of the big reasons why um, sort of having a shared goal among your teams is, is part of the reason why you guys have been successful. Definitely believe that. And I think that, and that collaboration, you know, we, we want to do that, you know, as well as in the office, but we also want to change the dynamic you know, with our consultants in the field, you know, we, we just don't want to sell equipment because, hey, this is what you, you bought last time, so we're just going to sell it again. We do want to collaborate with the customer and say, hey, where is your business heading and how are you going to handle this stuff in the future, you know, given some of the dynamics and, and change in technology or labor markets. And so that collaboration piece, I think, is another huge element that, that sets us apart from our competition. Yeah. Well, and and you remember some of the uh, information that I shared when we're talking about the fact that the most successful businesses in the world have a shared mindset. And if you remember, we did a little exercise, and I, I do this whenever I can. Uh, and I talk about you too, right? If you remember, we had everybody stand up and close their eyes and to point toward north. And, you know, we got our hands flailing all over the place because nobody really knows, especially when you're in a room where there's no, you can't see the sun and there's no windows and all that. But I use the analogy of U2 because most people probably know Bono. They might actually know the guitarist, The Edge, but they don't know the other two guys. They forget the bass player and the drummer. They forget that Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen Jr. are part of the biggest band on the planet. And when you have the, the front guys, just the two of them playing, you know, it's fun. It's cool. I've seen Bono and The Edge by themselves. They're awesome. But at that moment, they're not U2. And so the whole point was... Everybody has a part to play in the band. And, and when you're on the same sheet of music, you get to something totally different. You get to organizational productivity. You get to sustainable results. You get to basically almost predictable growth. It's only when we aren't communicating, we aren't collaborating, we aren't you know, doing the things that Brandt talks about. If you have your own agenda and there's no collaboration whatsoever, then you can expect that you're going to get confusion. You're going to get random action and that's going to lead to dysfunctional results and you probably are going to miss your number and and so we spent a lot of time again maybe through some music analogies but we spent a lot of time talking about this collaboration because for some brands that's the that's the holy grail that's the one thing they think they're good at but they actually really suck and they need some help to get back on track do you agree with that oh oh definitely and and even in in our world where we have our sales coordinators where they're taking all the documents in from the field, and they're the ones actually putting the order together, ordering it from the factory, coordinating deliveries. And what we, we underwent was kind of a collaboration where we pulled them all in for a day, and we said, hey, let's look at our process, and you guys help develop you know, through some uh, different technology uses, evolve our old process into a new process. And so... So our team of sales coordinators, the one that are doing that every day, worked with, with their manager and me, and, and they streamlined our sales coordination process so we're able to have more accurate orders completed in less time. And so, you know, they had a wonderful time doing that. And, you know, we made it kind of a fun day with some activities and, and food, of course, right? But, um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're super excited about their new process that they developed for the company. Yeah, sure. Well, it, I mean, ultimately, 
at the highest levels of collaboration, one of the biggest outputs is efficiency. And so, you know, as a, as a great leader, you know, you understand that if you were, if you had to be in every meeting and you had to be in every situation, um, that the scalability of your organization would be nil. Um, so you have to, to be able to include enough other people in the process and hopefully you are coaching them up while you're doing it because at some point, um, if you really want the organization to grow, that shared mindset that exists, you have to have skilled people to carry that, that, that uh, mindset forward. And I think that um, that's one of the biggest challenges, right? Especially, in, especially as a company is growing when, you know, as a, as a self-professed control freak, <laughs> yeah, yes. you know, I, <laughs> I don't like giving up control. Um, so, you know, the idea here is you want to make sure that uh, these people that are part of the process can take it forward because you've invested the time and they are aligned not just with what the organizational wants but what you want as a leader right and i think you played a great role in that too jim when we we just a a, a few months ago you know we had all of those leaders in and we were we were you know we were kind of handing off a lot of those tasks that that i kind of led and i wanted to i want more of the middle managers to do that connecting and then connecting them with each other and so we did you know that that um that process we did with you was is having extraordinary results on our end for for retention and development well i appreciate it and you know and we talked about this some of the stuff that i was sharing and spending time with you been very lucky we're very skill set oriented where you never get better unless you actually practice and do those things and and it's nice to do it in a safe non-threatening you know sometimes with a third party like me coming in but the leadership stuff that you're talking about, your thought, that all came from you. You already had such a great, you know, palette with which, you know, for me to paint. I just thought it was fantastic. And, you know, I just know as you guys continue to go forward, you can't help but just get better. Um, you know, David, where could people, one, stay in touch with you? And if, if they wanted to check out a little bit more about Southern States material handling, where would we send them? Well, there's definitely the the website. I think is a is a key place, and then and then that has you know the, the way to get a hold of me on on the website. But that if you went to Google and you Googled Southern States Toyota Lift, right, we would we would pop up, and the website is just sstlift.com. So if you went to sstlift.com, that'd pull up our website, and and then from there you can get the phone number and email to. To contact us. That's perfect. And we'll make sure all that stuff again is in the show notes. So again, I can't thank you enough, man. I know I, you're right. I have been talking about you and your brand with, uh, with Brant just because we've done some things over the last year. And, uh, I hope he gets a chance to meet you at some point, but, uh, it, it's fun sort of watching your journey and we can't thank you enough for stopping by and just giving us a, a few nuggets of wisdom. Thank you, buddy. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate, you know, what, what you guys are doing and I, and I've, I've continued learning from from your show and some of the other episodes. I'm I'm looking forward to some of your your future ones. Oh man, that means a lot. Fantastic. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, David. Rock on. Thank you. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event. We're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on.